0: with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. It was 2012 when as a tech entrepreneur emerging from an eight-year long relationship, Joseph Poi wondered if he could build a dating app like no other. One that unlike Tinder, wouldn't cater to the particular needs of the single Asian man. He built a dating app, Paktor, a location-based dating service with a primary schoolmate from Singapore. Paktor would grow to boast 20 million users, raise $32.5 million and lead a series of acquisitions, including in 2017, the acquisition of Seventeen Media. Seventeen Media was a Taiwanese hip-hop artist Jeffrey Huang's live streaming platform. Paktor and Seventeen Media would become... M17 Entertainment Group and Joseph would become its CEO. The company almost went public on the New York Stock Exchange, but its IPO was called off the day it was meant to start trading. That was back in 2018. Since then, the Pavilion Capital-backed company has acquired live-streaming platform Mimi Live. The deal has boosted M17's share of the live-streaming market to over 60%. A few weeks ago, Joseph Poirier said he would step down as group CEO of m M seventeen, the company he helped build. So what's next for Pactor M seventeen and what's next for Joseph Poir? Welcome to Influence, Joseph.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Great to meet you. So in twenty thirteen you start Pactor, competition is fierce, there's coffee meets bagels, there's Tinder. What in your mind as a tech entrepreneur were you going to have to do to make your app Pactor a success?
1: Well well Pactor was started never meant to be a business per se. It was meant for me to meet people. And uh, it was only when we launched it in the market that we realized that, hey, there was, uh, there was a need here. The market wanted uh, a product that could serve the local needs. And and that was, that was how we went. And that, that's why the name was called Taktor, because it was local and it resonated with the local audience. And people liked it and that, um, and that, um, that the features are simple. It was clear. It was easy to use. And that was... Uh, the way we ran the business from a from a product perspective, make it easy to use, uh, make it um, suitable for the local audience.
0: So you really caught on
1: pretty quickly across across the region.
0: You really started it because you were looking for connections. You were looking for a girlfriend. Did you find one on your own app? <laughs> Did you find one through Paktor? <laughs>
1: I did. That's <laughs> you I did? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great to know. So do you think that successful businesses first have to meet some need? And is that what you encourage entrepreneurs to look at, their own needs?
1: Well, um, people, people start businesses in, for, for very, very different reasons. Yeah. For me, I think when I, when I look at businesses, it's always about uh, solving a problem around me
0: mm mm-hmm. so Pactor would scale up to reach eleven markets, um but cash flow problems meant that it had to halt its growth and make a u-turn and downsize from eleven markets. you scaled back. so what do you think business leaders need to understand about when to grow and when to rein in growth
1: you you're right, you're absolutely right so um I think it was about six months six months after after the company started, we met cash flow issues and i was I was very inexperienced I still am inexperienced now. It's been seven years. I still consider myself an experienced and, and what one need, one needs to recognize, you're inexperienced, mm. right? And I, I don't think it's about only about cash flow. It's about uh, general business decisions. As, as as always, you can always expand very quickly. You can always do anything you want to do. Um, there will always be consequences. Like we moved into eleven countries in a span of six months. Hired close to a hundred people with with no revenues. And at a point in time, it all seemed normal because that's what everybody around the world was doing. But you know, six months, uh, reality came crashing down, and we had to scale back. And so, if if I were to say anything you can do uh, to to uh, to somebody new, mm-hmm. uh, it would be that um, yes, you can do anything, um, but there are always consequences to every decision that you make, and uh, you need to be able to bear those consequences. You better measure those consequences before you make that decision.
0: Mm. Speaking of experience, you started Paktor after you'd completed your MBA. So uh, do you have any tech background? Because everybody wants to start an app these days. Were you a tech engineer? Did you study coding?
1: None, none actually. <laughs> it was <laughs> such a mess. <myth. laughs> <laughs> I, I, I took $5,000 and um, I had a team, uh, outsource team, build the first prototype and that was that and um, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. It all looked so simple, but, you know, it's not.
0: That is fantastic. So you grew Pactor literally from $5,000? $5,
1: yes, $5,000. It was um, I remember it was March of 2013. March of 2013, I registered a company. May of 2013, we launched a company. We launched an app into the market June. And so it, it literally took 60 days uh, to launch uh, the, the application from scratch. And it was, um, I mean, to, to say the least, a disaster to start with. But uh, you learn along the way. And M17 Entertainment today has, has uh, I think, a few hundred engineers uh, sitting across the world. And a uh, team is about a thousand people strong. Um, and in the last seven years, it's been uh, a huge experience where where we've had to come overcome so many difficulties. Um, uh, you just cannot imagine.
0: Incredible story. In 2017, Pactor merges with a Taiwanese-based live streaming company, Seventeen Media. So as founder of Pactor, you're sitting back. What synergies are you hoping that a dating app is going to have with a live streaming startup?
1: That's funny also. So I met Jeff back in 2014 uh, when I was in Taiwan and expanding a business in Taiwan. So Jeff used to be part of this group called the LA Boys and I met him. He was doing his own dating application at a point in time where we, we were just discussing about how how difficult the dating market was, and and he stopped doing the dating business in 2015. I, I, I met him again in 2016, and he was doing 17 Live. Right at a point in time, he was having difficulty scaling his business beyond where he was, and I was having difficulty growing my business as well. And but I, I saw what he what he what he had difficulties in. It was actually operational execution. But on my end. If I had the ability to tap into this larger market where life, I, I believed that back in 2016 that live was going to be huge wow. uh, for us, and being able to tap into the same needs of the target audience, but at the same time in this different dimension of uh, information transfer through live media, I, I thought that could actually accelerate our growth. And, and so that's why we, came to, we, we thought we'll come together. On, on Jeff's end, it was more about him wanting to have somebody... Uh, How would say scale his business much faster, and then that's why we came together and. I mean, uh, the last three and a half years have just been uh, incredible for, for the company.
0: Speaking on Influence today with Joseph Poir, founder of at uh, was Group CEO of M17. He's announced he'll step down a couple of weeks back. Joseph, so in 2017, you think live streaming is going to be something that is um, going to be quite a force. Were you seeing as a million-dollar market for uh, live streaming for a particular type of entertainment?
1: Sorry. um,
0: you, in you, terms of, mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder if you could elaborate on sort of what you're picking up on that would be a big trend moving forward. This thing called social entertainment, I see that bandied mm. about in, in, in interviews that you you're featured in. But what what are you imagining at 2017 live streaming is going to enable?
1: If you look at the likes of um, YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, what, 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 they are called social media, but what do they do? They enable enable the individual to create any type of content and transmit that content. To anyone in the world mm. uh, right from their home. I think that's very, that's very, very powerful. It's as good as live. Now, but if you have live entertainment, it's another form of transmission of content. Just like right now, we're on, we're, we're on, on, on the air, in the air, mm-hmm. and it, this is live. This is a, a medium of transfer of information from us to anybody that's listening. And same thing with live entertainment. The ability to transfer content live, visual, and audio, it, it's so powerful because it allows for the creation of self-media. Right, and I, I very, I very much believe that the future of any type of value mm-hmm. that we create online will revolve around a brand, will revolve revolve around a personality, and it all revolves around this individual. And because we're all empowered with so many different tools, including 17 Live, mm. uh, we we can create so much more value for ourselves. And and, and um, I don't believe that this value can be held by. Uh, One one single party It's going to be very fragmented And and so everybody will look to tools And 17 Life is one of those tools Now we have about 70% of the Japanese market We have close to 65% of the Taiwanese market And and close to 60% of the Hong Kong market as well In terms of live stream revenues And and this, this goes to show that this uh, this hypothesis that I had about three and a half years ago is true. And I, I see this trend happening. First of all, not only do you have live entertainment today, you have live selling. You have basically any form of life as long as this um, uh, information, information transfer. I think it's huge.
0: So, you know, M17 Entertainment almost lists on the New York Stock Exchange. It has to withdraw its listing on the day it's meant to start trading why did you make that decision? Do you think it was a setback? At that point in time, do you think this is a setback? How are we going to overcome this?
1: I don't think I had the time to think. Uh, <laughs> it was um, it was very... Everything happened very quickly. It happened... It's just like... Uh, it, when I think about it right now, it, it's visual as visual as yesterday. And um, I don't think I had the time to sit down to think it was a setback. I, I don't even think it was a, a choice. Like People th- thought... Uh, people think or speak of it like a choice uh, that I had to pull the listing. It wasn't a choice. It was because we were faced with two, uh, we I mean, yes, it, it, there were two choices, but mm. uh, there, it was obvious which uh, option that we had to take. And and um, if we had listed, uh, the market value of the company would have been severely impacted. If we didn't list, uh, we would have to basically clean up the mess. Right, and and um, cleaning up the mess uh, seemed like the harder route, but seemed like the right route. And because you have to protect the shareholder value, and so we came back came back to Asia and we started picking up the scraps and uh and and, and it's been two years right looking back today um it seemed natural that it, we would have clawed back clawed our, clawed our way back to the top but um I would say that the process is uh, uh nothing less than daunting
0: so what was the darkest time then in in your life as a a tech entrepreneur? <laughs>
1: If it's not withdrawing the IPO. The five days right after right after that. Right the five days right after that I was holed up in a hotel room oh. in Chicago with my family and uh barely went to uh, went out to do anything and Is that uh, when reality hits?
0: Went, is that is that the moment reality hits or what's going on five days after?
1: It was the moment that you knew you don't want reality to hit. You wanted to hide from it from it. Mm. And um uh, the five days, yeah, uh, not, not It was binging on binging on Netflix, not not wanting to get out of bed, not, not wanting to do anything. And then um, and then after five days, uh, you you come back, you come back to Asia, you go back to the office, and uh, you have a team to lead, you have a company to build.
0: Because presumably plans had been in the work, these questions had been thought out about whether or not we're taking the IPO route before you end up at NYSC, right? So something big has to happen in the interim.
1: No. Uh... Contrary to that, it was actually very small. Something really, really small. You know, I know, I know the IPO process uh, so well now. Mm-hmm. Every nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. Right, it was something so small that, that it has nobody, nobody saw it.
0: All right, and and so when you think back to. Whether it was that moment five days after, or any disappointment um, in your journey as founder, how, has, has lessons from that disappointment changed you at all? I think many, many lessons have formed and uh, many changes have been made in the last seven years. That's called
1: evolving as a, as a businessman or as a, as a business person. Uh, but I think one, one key constant that's not changed mm. um, is, is this, right? So I think running a business is very similar to being a person. And uh, my mom, I mean, this is something that my mom has always taught me. So she was, she was a businessman as well, a businesswoman as well, and uh, she's always said in, in Chinese, basically, "先学会做人，再学会做生意." Um, uh, so uh, learn to be a person first, but uh, before before learning to run a, run a business. So I think running a business is very similar to being a person. You have to treat people like you expect to be treated, and um, it, it's all about. Uh, learning how to deal with uh, interpersonal uh, relationships, uh, learning how to deal with the people around you. Now, only then uh, can you lead a team and only then can you run a business because the business is all about the team. And and so I think that's the same content that helps in, a, in the last seven and a half odd years and more well, well, many other things have changed.
0: So you're a group CEO of M17. At one point, M17 has a 1,000 employees globally. When you think of the concept of influence or leadership and, and you say, you know, lead, like, um, lead with kindness lead like a person. I, are you thinking I have to constantly evolve as a person as well? I need to constantly be growing in order to to make this company successful?
1: You definitely need to constantly grow, right? As the business grows, if you don't constantly grow or evolve, uh, you, you are unable you are to lead this constantly evolving business. But when it comes to the, the core piece that I mentioned, running it, leading it like a person, right? I think that the rules of being a um, well society changes there the are different different expectations of uh what it is to uh, what it means to be a person mm. but I, but i don't think in, in the last seven years or in in, in the span of our, our lives uh, we would see too many changes in the definition of what what it means to lead like a person so, uh, I, with I don't don't
0: with empathy and yeah. imagining yourself in, in the position of the other, all right. So Pacto raised 32.5 billion dollars at one point. Uh, M17 in May of this year raised 26.5 million dollars. What do you say to entrepreneurs about successful fundraising, Joseph?
1: It's difficult, but you you <laughs> yeah. you, you you never you never. I, I've I've raised many rounds of funding uh, funding um, in, in in the last seven years. I would say it's very important to get um, uh, impo- uh, important to get key shareholders on board who are able to support you. I've been very, very lucky in the last seven years to have a very strong uh, set of investors. Um, my first uh, institutional investor, Vertex, right, Kilock and Drew Hawk from Vertex, alongside investment manager at EV, well, supported me in the last seven years. It's been an incredi- incredible journey with them and, and through them I've opened many, many doors. But I, I guess beyond... Having a good set of investors to start with. Um, it's also important to note that every fundraising is different. Every round is different. It's going to take a uh, it's going to take a different amount of time to to raise. And as long as you don't stop fundraising, as long as you don't give up, right, you will close your round. Like the longest round I've I've taken to raise is seven months. The fastest is two weeks. Right now, in the six month of the seven month fundraise, did I ask myself, man, is this round ever going to end? <laughs> of course, I did. Right, um, but, you know, you, do, you don't stop because if you stop, there, there is uh, not enough money to continue growing the business. You know you cannot give up, so you can keep running. And then, hey, in seven months, uh, you've you closed it up.
0: You've said, you have said you've, you you know, M17, you've sacrificed so much for it. You've seen it grow. A couple of weeks ago, you said you would step down as group CEO. Uh, in May, Collective Ventures acquired Pactor Group from M17. And with the deal, M17 says it plans to shift its focus to the core live streaming business in Japan and new markets as well. So why step down at this moment?
1: There comes a point in time where you start looking at the team around you to see who is uh, capable of leading um, uh, greater pieces in the businesses and you allow these people to step up. I would say that this decision was not made overnight. It happened over the last year or so. And as... as, um, Hiro, our Japanese uh, CEO at a point in time, started to lead more and more pieces. I realized that he could lead the company better than I can. Right? He would be able to take the company 10x in the next two years, and I might take three years, four years, five years. Right? So why should he not lead the company as CEO? Because if he can build shareholder value, he can create value for the team, then he should be the right person. Uh, I should not hold on to that seat uh, just because uh, I founded the company. Right. And, and and so I think at any one point in time anybody in the company is always going to be dispensable mm. right it's who is the right person at the right place to take the company in the right direction at the right speed I think that's more important like I, I still hold on to all my my holdings in, in, in the company and I continue to support the management team in in any way uh, in, in in my in my role as chairman but uh, I think it, it's important to know, even as a, as a founder, your role is respectable. and and you should find the right person to take the company forward and propel the company to where it needs to be, because you have to be responsible to your shareholders.
0: So, if Paktor has been acquired by Collective Ventures. Does this mean you no longer have a hand there with with startup that you built?
1: It's difficult. It's difficult not to have a hand, right? Mm. So I continue to advise the team. I spend like maybe an hour every every month talking to the team. It's my commitment to Collective Ventures. Um, but yeah, my heart's always going to be there.
0: What do you say to entrepreneurs who really want to jump in on this this train that seems to to be gathering speed, especially with COVID, everything happening on the digital stream, so to speak, so live streamings, and they want to tap in on the Chinese speaking markets? What do you say to would be entrepreneurs listening in?
1: There is speed, no matter which angle you take. COVID gives us a reason to look at it at things in a certain angle, but there is never, never a better day to start a business than today. Right, start it. Right, go, and you, you never know. Right, you never know, and you don't have to. You don't have to uh, quit your day job. And you, you never do. People think that you have to take like a huge step. No, take take mini steps. Take mini steps, and and, and th- that first step is so important because once you get out there, your your mindset changes, and and uh, you look at things very differently. Now you may realize, hey, this is not this is not what you want, because everybody has has different priorities and. In, in, in lives, but never taking that first step, you never know. So it, it would be the same thing today that I would tell people versus a year ago. I don't think COVID changed that.
0: Absolutely fabulous speaking with you. Thank you for joining us in Influence. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. He's Joseph Poir, founder of PacTor and co-founder of M17. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.